Welcome to Sped Air. <laughs> Yo. Yo. Sped Academy. Sped Academy. Uh, so, I have a little theory going, a little working hypothesis. Now, I was thinking about this the other day. I think maybe <laughs> this might be controversial to say, but is body dysmorphia really a mental health issue or is it a stupidity issue? It's a stupidity <laughs> issue. <laughs> no, sir, hear me out. So, well, no, I'm not saying that these bodybuilders and these models are stupid. It takes a lot of brains to do that. But, uh, what? <laughs> <I'm kidding. laughs> yeah, you gotta that be able to like, count weights and shit. Yeah, you gotta count your reps and <laughs> yeah. measure out your meal portions and your mm-hmm. calories. Yeah. You have <laughs> to be able a lot to boil 55 chicken breasts. You got to figure out how much silicone you can fit in your tit before it explodes or <laughs> whatever yeah. the fuck you're doing. <laughs> you got to learn how to cycle testosterone. Yeah. Yeah. No, but like, really? I mean, no, but that's the thing. It also is a mental health issue. So it is yeah. kind of, I don't know. It's. But is it just people who are so stupid that they don't realize so, like the consequences? Like, yeah. Is it, or is it actually a mental health issue? These people will pump themselves full of shit until they die yeah which i guess it's it's a it's an addiction which is mental health then but i don't know but like these is it but is it really like is it an inability people who are like oh i used to be a gym addict but now i survived it like that's not a thing at all yeah um, i don't think it really is an addiction yeah it's just like it's more of just lack of self-control and lack of ability to overcome your low self-esteem, low yeah. self-worth. Like, do you think they lack the mental capacity to just think it out and realize that they're beautiful on the inside? I don't know. <laughs> is it yeah. is it that hard? That's pretty much what it is, bro. I guess it, it is hard for people to love themselves even when they're stupid or smart, but yeah, I don't know. <laughs> this Lifting is probably pissing off people, but... Fuck every bodybuilder. Yeah. That's the point of this. But, like, at what point is enough enough? I don't know. We need, like, rehabs for for body dysmorphia, intervention centers. I don't know. If you're ripped, I'll fight you because you're a fucking pussy, dude. You're a fucking dumbass. <laughs> you probably have a heart attack if I punch you hard enough. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Unlike me, the fucking obese guy with two vaxes. <laughs> oh, yeah, you double vax. Yeah. You just... <laughs> My heart attack waiting to Just happen. Waiting to pop. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, it's not that bad, is it? I don't know, bro. Wait, we can't even talk about it. So. <laughs> no. Oh yeah, that's true. So anyway. But yeah. No, but the Bogdanovs are the only exception to that rule. Mm-hmm. I was saying. Yeah, we were talking. They're they're quite brilliant, actually. <laughs> they're they're scientists. Yeah, we were talking before the show about how they probably didn't even actually get plastic surgery. It's just what they look like. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. their natural. They're natty. Yeah, no, no, for sure. <laughs> it's all not. They're just um, aliens. They're not fucking. Yeah. Do you guys believe in retards. the Bogdanov conspiracy? I mean, they're involved in the Illuminati control for world domination. Yeah, I forget. I think it's like a quick rundown dot com or something is the website that'll uh, it'll give you a quick rundown on the Bogdanovs. I don't actually know that much about them, but I know they're they're actually. Like they're French science presentators, present presenters. Yeah. They're like they have a show and stuff. Yeah, I think they just like, like they used they're to be celebrities like actors there or something, right? Yeah. Yeah. They're just like media people. I mean, they're both but, dead now. 
But yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, that's the real conspiracy. They were both killed. They both died of COVID they within like two of, weeks. They both died of myocarditis. Yeah. Yeah. Wait, so did they die from COVID or the vax? They died from COVID. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's sus. Yeah. They're both just, <laughs> yeah. Where'd you hear they died from the vax, like InfoWars or something? I don't know. I just wasn't sure. I just remember they both died like days apart. Yeah. Um. But yeah, there's actually is a conspiracy surrounding them, though, that they basically were stealing people's theories and like, mm-hmm. like plagiarizing them on their papers and stuff and. Damn. There's like, I don't know <laughs> like they're actually like pretending to be scientists but they're not really scientists. There's a real bog pill. Yeah, there's a real Bogdanov rabbit hole. Yeah. They go down. Shit's crazy. But yeah. Do you think there's any connection between the Bogdanovs and Balenciaga? <laughs> <laughs> Transition. Serious question. The Bogda <laughs> the, the Balenci bugs. Boglenciaga. Boglenci. <laughs> <laughs> What's up with Balenciaga? Yeah, so I'm sure probably most people have heard about this, but Balenciaga had an ad campaign they pulled after like one day where it was like five-year-old girls holding dolls with BDSM gear on or teddy bears. Yeah, that's that's just great. That's a great look. <laughs> yeah. Very great look. What like how how dystopian and like black mirror can this reality get before people just all collectively be like, what the fuck is happening? <laughs> yeah. Like, I don't know. How is this? How is this happening? People did say what the fuck is happening, but not enough. Yeah. This shit's fucking stupid, bro. Like, like, I mean, they like immediately apologized and took it down, but it's like, why would they even make that in the first place? Like who this thought is getting that was a good sick idea? And like, this is like some cuties type shit. Yeah. I think, they're trying to flex like these people at the top who are involved in this sick shit. They like flexing it a lot of the time. Yeah. And they like, <clears throat> they like showing that they can get away with it and like just being on the nose with it. It's a, it's a game to them. Right. Yeah. Like I think- I've, I've just seen it in other like media forums. Like mm-hmm. they just insert all these sick jokes, these sick references yeah, shit that like no a- one, it's not funny. It's not, it's like, I don't know. And it's always in Hollywood and shit like that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's like how fucking, what's it, Best of Pizza had the Nambla logo as their logo. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's like, they just like to flex it. Yeah. Yeah. They like flexing it. Or like, in SNL, they insert these creepy jokes a lot of the time now. I've known, I've just seen people, mm-hmm. I don't watch SNL, I'm not a fucking lib sheep. <laughs> where, like, I don't even know where you watch SNL, to be honest. Yeah, what is it, like, who watch? Like, is I it on like TV, or? They don't have an actual audience, it is just, like. Yeah, NPC drones or something. I don't know. <laughs> I don't. I don't even know. It's like yeah. it's probably on like Amazon Prime or something at this point. It's just right think media. Yeah. Fucking ministry. It's hard yeah, think it's, media. Yeah, honestly, Ministry of Truth media. It's like yeah. Rachel Maddow for retards. <laughs> but yeah, like remember the rocks joke about uh, oh I just invented a child molesting robot. <laughs> what? It's like, it's like why'd you why'd you slip that in there? That's kind of genius honestly it's kind of funny but like <laughs> that one's kind of funny so i mean the phrase child molesting robots pretty good like, <laughs> <laughs> but like, like i've just noticed ever build that there's a lot of trends with just like the weird satanic and like yeah. pedophile shit that they insert everywhere though yeah i think I mean, everyone notices this there's another thing people were pointing out with balenciaga is like 
There was another Instagram post where on the desk there was like the lawsuit where the Supreme Court realized that fuck or they they fucking deemed that Americans are allowed to make like Photoshop child pornography and that's legal. Yeah. For some reason that was just, on like somebody's desk. They at just Valencia had the doc August. sitting there. Yeah. yeah. Like why? <laughs> yeah, why? <laughs> why? Makes zero fucking sense. Is this real? Like, I don't know, bro. <clears throat> am I dreaming? All I'm saying is, is this a nightmare? They, they fucking yo kids, and they're they're fucking everybody's kids. And they're proud to show you. Yeah, they don't care. They don't care if everyone knows. They know they can get away with it. Yeah. I mean, Epstein came out and everybody involved got away with it. Yeah. Doesn't matter if you symbolize that you fuck kids now. There's no chance of consequences. Yeah. <laughs> it's getting twit. Like, I don't know, man. I don't, like, how much? I thought we were long past like the critical like threshold point where everyone would collectively stand up and be like, "Enough is enough." Like, I've seen enough. This is too much. Yeah. We're done. I thought we were past that years ago, but honestly, it, apparently not. <laughs> we're never getting there, bro. Yeah, yeah, no. They keep moving the goalpost, and like, they keep like. <sighs> Nobody wants to do anything. Yeah, no one wants to think for themselves. No one. People just want to be told what to do. Yeah. People want to be told what is real. For yeah. real. This, this isn't is why new. This isn't new. You listen to Sped Air, so we can so tell we, you what's yeah, real. We tell you what to think. Mm-hmm. This is Ministry of Truth Media. Yeah. <clears throat> um, but yeah, so yeah, you saw Kanye was rocking those Balenci's too after. Yeah, Kanye. Like <laughs> Balenciaga is the new Hugo Boss. <laughs> <laughs> Balenci, yeah, Balenci is like mm-hmm. the new SS will wear Balenci's. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck, Kanye's yeah, also like, like far right occult, occult fascist apparel. Yeah. yeah, I want to walk back my defense of Kanye West from a couple weeks ago, honestly. I don't know what the fuck. Yeah, he's on. no, like I was sort of, I was leaning too far on like the pro Kanye. Yeah, like he's just yeah. clowning now. Now he's meeting up with Holocaust denier Nick Fuentes. Yeah. Fucking yeah. Milo Yiannopoulos is working on his campaign. Who also has like, who's self described as an alt right fucking guy. Alt right and like, also pedophile defender. Yeah. Also an ex homosexual. Like he went to gay conversion yeah. and then got a wife. And ex-homosexual if that's possible yeah aka you believe in gay, that sort of thing <laughs> for his media career he pretends like he's not because his fans he's are conservative. not because his fans hate gay people yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> wow yeah what a character so can you explain who nick fuentes is again yeah, so nick, i just learned who that was yeah so nick fuentes is a he hosts a uh live stream podcast called america first where he uh, basically just talks about, like, neo-Nazi shit and about how, like, white people are the best and all other races suck and, like, the Holocaust right. never happened and the Jews control the world and stuff like that. Standard. But he, like, he does it in a way where he, like, kind of uses code words and never really says what he means, but, <laughs> like, it's very obvious if you're, like, familiar yeah. with any of it, like, what he's saying. Like, the clip he's a lot of people point it. to is there's a video of him being like, oh, it's impossible to bake six million cookies in this <laughs> amount of time. And, like, he goes through all, like, the Holocaust denial numbers, but he's, like, saying cookies the whole time. So clever. Yeah. So clever. Yeah. (laughs) Wow. What a fucking genius. Yeah. You're you're fooling everyone. (laughs) Yeah. So, uh, open invite to Nick Fuentes to come on the podcast, and I'll uncritically listen to everything you have to say. Yeah. (laughs) I'll hear you out. 
This is the new Joe Rogan experience. Give me your cookie recipe. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So he took. I'll tell you how to bake six million cookies in that time. Yeah. (laughs) You just bury half the dough. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So he took Nick to to meet Donald Trump, and then Trump's like, "I never knew him. I'm not associated with all this." Yeah. So apparently, Kanye took Nick Fuentes and Miley Yiannopoulos and then some fucking news reporter from OAN, which is like the furthest right news like channel in America, basically. Yeah. Like they're like even more right than Fox news, but like, I've never even heard of them. Yeah. Not nearly anything like Nick Fuentes or somebody like that, but like, yeah. So the three of them went to meet with Donald Trump and then Kanye asked Trump to be his vice president. (laughs) <laughs> which is a crazy move that is insane like i know you're president but yeah. uh, you should be my vice you should try being my vice <laughs> mm-hmm. and then trump basically in his tweet he said that he told kanye to tell the kanye people to vote for him and that yeah, he yeah. never knew nick fuentes yeah he's so, like those should be my votes kanye yeah fuck i don't know off. whether or not fuck off with the nazi shit I feel like Trump could be just saying he never knew Nick Fuentes because he's, like, getting a lot of publicity. Yeah, it's probably not good to say you knew him. But, like, he did meet with him. And, like, they definitely, like, talked, right? Like, it's not... Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. He's saying he didn't know who he was now, but who knows? Now they're buddies. Yeah. Oh, Nick Fuentes is also closeted homosexual. Is he? Yeah. I don't know. There was, like... What's with these fascist homosexuals? I don't even know if it's true, but there was, like, a few years ago where there was, like, a video I watched that was, like, he was, like, dating some cat boy from Australia and, like, <laughs> they were, like, living together for, like, a week or something. It was weird. Really? Yeah. And this is, was this, this was like during? a couple of years ago. This was while he was already involved in all this shit? Yeah, this is, like, yeah. kind of after the peak oh. of his fame, probably. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Um. Like, all these guys, I feel like they should have... They all fell off the map like five years ago. I don't understand why Kanye is bringing them back either. Yeah, why? Like, why is Kanye trying to revive the far right movement? Yeah, full front. Like, it's not coming back the way it was. Yeah, I mean, like Charlottesville, like ended it kind of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. I don't know. Um, now Kanye knows about it. Do Do you want to talk about that recent shooting with this? We have a, a strange video. Oh yeah, with yeah, yeah. Uh, an interesting character. Mm-hmm. This is the shooter's dad. Yeah, so for he's got some things to say. For those who don't know, there was a shooting in a, a gay bar earlier this week, and five people were killed. So here, here we have the shooter's dad learning that information. <laughs> this is his reaction. <laughs> um, I don't know what the heck he did. We have a gay bar. Um, I don't know what's going on. Well, he's accused of going on a mass shooting at a gay bar and killing five people. Colorado. Okay, well, well, that's how shit. I'm accused of doing that. I'm glad he's not gay. (laughs) I'm glad he's not gay. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Oh, that's great. (laughs) (laughs) At least he's not gay. (laughs) That's one of the funniest (laughs) moments in news history. (laughs) How was that? Yeah, that was live news, I guess, but like, that's 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 unreal. It's you like find the, out your kid just shot up a gay bar. Oh. <laughs> At least it's not gay. Yeah, like he's like he didn't know what happened, but he heard he was in a gay bar, so he was worried he was gay. <laughs> <laughs> Once he heard that he killed five people, it was a relief. 
Oh, he was killing gay people. He wasn't having sex with them. Yeah. Apparently the shooter is also claiming to be non-binary now. Is the shooter alive or dead? Alive. He? Oh, he is? Yeah. He's non-binary? I don't know. That's what he's saying. Cool. I guess, yeah. <laughs> was it Ezra Miller? <laughs> yeah, it was Ezra Miller. <laughs> put on 200 pounds and shot up a gay bar. <laughs> <laughs> Ezra Miller's a savage. But yeah, For real? so that, uh, that dude in the video... Mm-hmm. Josh Brolin on meth. Yeah, he looks uh, exactly like yeah. Josh Brolin. <laughs> yeah. So, do you think they're using? Do you think they're gonna use this to like? I don't know. <laughs> like, I don't know what this. Why, what is the purpose that we're seeing this? I feel like. I mean, I don't know. Do like, they just get any random dude off the street now? <laughs> like. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying he's a crisis actor, but. Yeah, I mean, I wish I remembered the exact term for it off the top of my head, but there is like a specific like. CIA psyop tactic they wrote about in like the 60s where it's like oh yeah just creating uh like more violence in a society is sort of like generally beneficial to like kind of overturning the current political order because like right. it just creates more unrest and like you uncertainty just, you just destabilize everything yeah yeah it makes sense and yeah you keep people fearful and you can push them around and do whatever you want to them yeah I mean that Put them in line that's my best guess honestly like it, yeah like because it's like like there's also the gun control aspect i guess but really gun control very rarely happens after these shootings like it's not yeah the gun issue doesn't yeah. even seem like it's going any like they're never going to actually no cuz like, the gun. like americans don't actually want to ban guns no. so it's like no yeah it's never yeah. an issue anybody'll pass cuz it'll make them lose the next election but yeah there there definitely is like a a link between these mass shootings there's like spurs of mass shootings like mm-hmm. directly in line with all the election cycles oh yeah for sure like def- yeah like then it's the dems <laughs> it's the dems it's because joe biden's in power i swear there was like five mass shootings under trump yeah there's been like five in the last month <laughs> <laughs> fuck it's harvest season yeah harvest them souls for real i don't know yeah was there any well, there's like two this week, though, right? Yeah. There was also a Walmart shooting. Yeah. Where uh, apparently a manager just went into the break room and killed like a bunch of employees. What? Yeah. <laughs> Which is like, wow. holy wow. fuck, worst manager ever. Wow. Yeah, that yeah. sucked to go to work that day. Yeah. Holy fuck. <laughs> mm-hmm. My brother was saying that he saw a guy on the news who apparently was like walking out of the break room and saw that guy going in like as he was leaving for his shift and it's like wow. Jesus. That's brazy. Yeah. Can I say brazy? I'm I'm not gang affiliated, but I yeah. like the word. <laughs> Can I say it? I don't know. <laughs> it's cultural appropriation, bro. You Is can't it? you can't say any non-woke shit on this show. True. I have to say white people things. Yeah, we have <laughs> like, to be very careful about I I Everything saw, we say on this show. I can be racist, though, because that's my culture. Yeah, it is. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck. We need to get that soundboard set up so I can get a beep going. Beep. Yeah. <laughs> beep. Yeah, no, we're going to get the Howard Stern soundboard going. Baba booey. Yeah, the production um, value going to be going uppy. Yeah, we're going uppy. Like, mm-hmm. we're taking it to the big league. Taking it up to the next level. Um, I'm smoking less weed on this episode than previous ones 
Yeah, I made the mistake of smoking too much weed yeah. again. But uh, <laughs> you know me. I never so, smoke enough weed, to be honest. Do you think we're about ready for your cocaine segment? Or I, I don't want to spoil it, but... I mean, we're. It's probably gonna be the title of this episode. Yeah, so I don't this know is. We get. This is gonna it. be a large chunk. Yeah, but we're getting close. Is there anything else you wanted to talk about, though? Um, I don't know. I wanted to talk about Nancy Pelosi being a reptilian, but mm-hmm. <laughs> we we can't. We haven't figured out the video format yet. Mm-hmm. We don't um, know how to pull up videos quite yet, but yeah, probably either you know next week or the week after. We're going to have some video shit more figured out. And yeah. we're going to be able to fucking... This little screen you're seeing right now, it's going to get small. And then the video is going to be big in the background. And you're going to be able to see the video with our little reaction cam in the corner. That's sort of the vision right now. Right, right. Yeah. Yeah, get some production quality. Let's get the production quality um, up. Let's force maybe more I'll, people to watch the YouTube instead of... Yeah, I'll, yeah, yeah, yeah. we... Yeah, I gotta promote the the YouTube more too. Um, yeah, I'll save the rant for next week or two then. What's that rant you wanted to do? The Pelosi rant. Oh yeah, <laughs> I know it's it's bullshit, but it'll I mean, be we funny. honestly it'll be good. We kind of need to eat up like five minutes. You want to do it? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I feel like it'd be better with the video though. All right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. We're waiting for um, the video. So I don't know, but honestly, let's get back to the main fucking point of this whole podcast, bro. This is a music podcast, first and foremost. That's true. We're music journalists. Yeah. That's what the we e are. The E in SPED stands for entertainment. We're yeah. like an Anthony Fantano style this is me- show. This is media, entertainment. Homicide yeah. Gang just dropped a genius album. They did. <laughs> they it really was, did. Like, it like, was kind of the best opium album this year. Yeah, maybe. Like, the Probably the best album put out on the opium label, honestly. Well, this is whole lot of red opium. I know. I think it's released through Aeroscope, oh, wasn't okay. it? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. That, yeah. Right. It, it might. Yeah. Atlantic or something. Yeah, it probably is. Yeah, because Cardi signed to Rocky, and then Rocky, like it's True. just like they're distributed by one of the major labels. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah, we can talk about the opium. I love what they're doing. Opium mm-hmm. as a whole, the producers are paving a whole new sound. Mm-hmm. Obviously, the past two years they've changed the game. Everyone's using that salad beat and. Bro, artist is, like, insane on production, honestly. Yeah. Every fucking beat he did on that uh, Homicide Gang... Artist? Oh. Yeah. Every beat he did on the Homicide Gang album is, like, fucking 10 out of 10. Did he produce most of the beats? He produced, like, three or four of them. What songs? Like... Uh, um, I think Notice Me is one of them. Notice, Notice Me It, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. And then, I think Life, too, didn't he? Yeah, those Maybe. beats are really cool. Yeah, there yeah. was it's a bunch of really cool beats. Yeah, like they yeah, you'll hear his like, producer tag on the songs. Yeah, it's, if you don't know what style we're talking about, it's like this sort of hyper punk, cyber goth, essentially. That's what it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, it started with a whole lot of red Cardi, essentially. Yeah, I mean, he kind of took it from like yeah, Lonely yeah, no, he Carson, took it from but... other people, but he really like sort of put it all together and brought it to the world. Yeah. With that. And then, it, yeah. And, like, the thing about Cardi, mm-hmm. he's, like, the link between the underground and the mainstream right now. Like, yeah. Like, and like, he's... The, like he's what's allowing the industry to, like, revolutionize its sound. And mm-hmm. Obviously, he's not the only one, but he's, like, a big bridge between yeah. that, like, new wave and the just the mainstream sound. 
Yeah, he's one of the only ones making like that really, really underground sound. Yeah, like him, him and Trippy Red, I would say, are kind yeah, of the yeah, two. Trippy, yeah, Trippy's major. Yeah, yeah, and they're the two biggest influential artists on this new sound, essentially. Oh yeah, for sure. Two and of them. Homicide Gang up next, honestly, like. Yeah, Homicide Gang. Yeah, they're cool because it might be the best album in that genre since Whole Lot of Red. Yeah, I might put that out there. Honest, yeah, like it was a complete sound. It. Yeah. The album flowed well. Mm-hmm. I thought it was better than Lone's album, yeah. Yeah, I did not expect Bino and Michi to fucking step it up this much. Yeah, the, yeah, it was way better than their last album. Yeah. Like, I liked a bunch of the songs from the last album, but mm-hmm. yeah, like I didn't really take them seriously. Now I do. Yeah, but, uh, no. Before they sort of, they didn't really sound like they cared that much about the music. It was more so they just knew Cardi. And yeah, Cardi. yeah. Now it sounds like they're trying to make an actual opium album yeah like they're going for the that atmosphere more it feels like mm-hmm. this is also like... their first album distributed by opium oh it is yeah oh their last one wasn't no it was on their own label okay so that might be why that makes sense yeah yeah it really fits that sort of genre mm-hmm. so i highly recommend the new homicide gang album 100 percent. check out like wings or cv or fuck there's check out any song on the album and what makes them great too is that they're doing totally different flows and stock like deliveries on most people in the underground on those beats right now yeah like no one really raps like that on these beats and it it sounds fresh yeah for sure it's it's new it's fucking great it's raw homicide 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 (laughs) yeah like they're doing cardi ad-libs but like it's more of like a street sound Almost yeah. too. They're more gang. Sort of reminds me of Young Nudie. Yeah, yeah. That's the, the one, closest thing to it. Bino sounds just like Young Nudie. Yeah, when he does, when he hits certain flows, he really does. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Holy fuck. Yeah. All right. Let's okay. get into the real shit now. So Let's we were talking it. earlier. We had to fill the first half of this episode with bullshit so that we don't <laughs> get murdered for the second half of this episode. Yeah, that was like, that was our blanket. Yeah, that was our our layer of protection so the CIA doesn't kill us. Because hopefully we said enough bullshit in the first half that they could just say we're liars. Yeah, you take the Alex Jones route and yeah. hide the truth within bullshit. Exactly. Yeah. So I want to talk about the history of cocaine in America, I guess, since World War Two. So, like, people don't know this Cocaine was pretty widely used in America until, like, the 1920s. And then it was, like, all drugs were prohibited in, I believe, 1920 in America. Sad day. Yeah. Same time as Prohibition. It's pretty sad. But that never got undone. So, people pretty much stopped using cocaine on, like, a wide scale until the 1950s, which is when there was a civil war in Cuba, which forced a bunch of organized criminals and big business people and stuff like that to relocate from Cuba to Florida. And uh, the mafia actually helped uh, smuggle a lot of those people over, and there's a lot of connections between Cuban organized crime and the mafia back in that time period, which is sort of interesting. Especially when you look how much the mafia is working with the CIA. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, no kidding. But when the Cubans come to Miami in the 50s, they bring cocaine with them. And cocaine becomes popular in America again. People start using it. In the hippie movement, people start using it a lot more. And just drugs in general become a lot more popular in the 50s and 60s than they had been previously. Oh, yeah. Yeah. 
So this is when it's getting litty. Yeah. So at this point, this is these Cubans are the ones bringing the cocaine in because they're the ones who fucking were the ones using it in the first place, right? And they're mostly getting it from people in like Colombia and Bolivia, who are just throwing it on boats for them, and they're fucking driving it up to America. Very right. little like border patrol or anything like that at the time, because nobody was really worried about that kind of stuff back then, right? Right. Yeah. Right. No fucks given. Mm-hmm. So, uh, they also started smuggling weed from uh, Colombia and Mexico and Jamaica at the same time. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. And that's sort of when okay. weed became big with, like, hippies and shit, right? Weed, man. Weed. Yaman. Ganja. Yeah. Okay. And so, I guess a joint uh, FBI and uh, state police investigation into this, they uh, they actually ruled that the Cubans who were doing this were using vehicles and training provided by the CIA, and the same routes that the CIA had taught them for, like, smuggling weapons and shit in their attempted invasion of Cuba was basically, like, the exact same routes that they were using to smuggle cocaine on. Oh, really? And weed, yeah. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Which is interesting. That is, yeah. And then at this time, once it got to America, it was then sold to the mafia, mostly, and they were the ones who distributed it. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So this was sort of the status quo from like the 60s to like the mid 70s. And that's when this shit all got taken out by that federal state task force that I talked about earlier. So four anti-Castro Cubans had a meeting with a uh, Vegas mob boss Anthony Spilotro, Spilotro who um is Nicky Santoro from Casino if you've seen that movie. It's a great movie. They don't talk about this in the movie hmm, because hmm. then they would have killed Scorsese. Yeah, but. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so these Cubans, uh, three of them were associates of this guy called Fernando Panabaz, right? Who took part in the Bay of Pigs invasion, which was the CIA instigated invasion of Cuba that they failed, basically. I'm sure most people know what that is. He was arrested four years prior. <laughs> For trafficking wow. nine and a half pounds of cocaine. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> and the other man was the business partner of this guy, Juan Restoy. So Juan Restoy was a, uh, he worked for the military dictator of Cuba before the revolution, this guy called Batista. And after that, he went on to become a cocaine trafficker. <laughs> hmm. Yeah. Go figure. Exactly. But his business partner was one of the guys who met with Spilotro in this fucking bust that happened. So basically, in this bust, they figured out what was going on. The The idea was that the Cubans were going to start selling cocaine in Vegas to sort of expand their markets from, like, Florida, where they'd been trafficking a lot, right? And then, because of this, they can arrest 135 people called Operation in this operation called Operation Eagle. Okay. Uh, according to... Uh, Peter Dale Scott, who's like a researcher into this kind of stuff, who's, I would say, very reputable from at least everything I can find on him. 70% of the people that were arrested took part in the Bay, Bay of Pigs invasion. 70%? 70% of them had wow. CIA connections. Wow. Out of 135. So, like, hmm. what's that, like 80 or 90 people? Interesting. Yeah. <laughs> okay. The task force also ruled, they reported that the Cubans were working for this guy Santos Traficante Jr., right? 
So if anybody's familiar with, like, basically mob connections to the CIA at all, they'd know this Santos Traficante Jr. guy. He's, like, one of the big fucking main guys with it. He had uh, tried to help them assassinate Castro before this uh, this whole trafficking charge came to him. But also, he was maybe involved in the JFK assassination. Which is kind of interesting. Shit. Oh, shit. <laughs> yeah. Wait, so... How how exactly was he involved in that? The Cubans were working for him. Okay. That was the like they were selling the cocaine to. Okay. Mof- like the mafia was a, a big part of this, right? Because they controlled organized crime in the region at the time. They they had to be a part of it. Right? Okay. Right. Yeah. Right. They wouldn't just let you fucking make millions of dollars and not. Yeah. Yeah. Of course. Of course. Okay. So uh, during this investigation. One investigator is quoted as saying, The CIA has given the Cubans vital Latin American contacts and familiarized them with every port and inlet into this country. <laughs> oh. So basically saying that he gave them the, the CIA gave them the contacts they needed to traffic the drugs as well as the knowledge on how to do it. Wow. Which is like, I think the contacts thing is very interesting there. Yeah. Yeah. Especially when... We're going to get into a little later about who some of these contacts maybe might have been. Yeah, yeah. Um, but that's going to be it's a little sneak preview, I guess. Okay. Yeah. It's getting deep. Mm-hmm. So after this fucking massive arrest, right, this sort of Cuban ring, it kind of falls into the background. It's not as uh, powerful as it once was. There's There's an opening for somebody new to start smuggling. Because the Cubans aren't doing it anymore, right? And that's where the Medellin cartel steps in. Which is, uh, you don't know, Pablo Escobar? Of, uh, oh, okay, big, that, big yeah, name. Yeah, pretty famous guy. Might have heard of him. Biggest cocaine trafficker ever, I think. <laughs> besides the U.S. government. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's a big deal. Mm-hmm. Big deal. Yeah. So there's this guy... uh. I have a quote here from this guy, John Roberts, who was a mafia member and then later a Medellin cocaine smuggler. (laughs) So he's got some firsthand experience. But uh, he sort of explains, you know, what the the motivation was for uh, the Colombians stepping into this whole process, right? Because the Colombians weren't like... It's not like the anti-Castro Cubans where it's like they were completely controlled by the CIA. It's more like they sort of worked with them because they did so well business-wise. At least that's what it seems like to me. Yeah, as a symbiotic relationship. Yeah. Okay. So this guy says, With pot, the easy part is growing it. The hard part is smuggling it. Cocaine was different. Coca leaves only grow in certain parts of Colombia and Bolivia, and you can't just pick the leaf and snort it up your nose. Making right. cocaine is a process. It takes chemicals. It takes workers. It takes time. You need a factory to make it in. At the end of this process, you got a product that in the 1970s is worth 10 times its weight in gold. Hmm. Many Colombians rose to the challenge of making cocaine. The smarter ones didn't just want to throw it, throw a $50,000 kilo on a boat driven by the Cubans and wave goodbye. They wanted to control the whole process. Right? Because the thing was, they're selling it at a very fucking low rate to these Cubans, and the Cubans are selling it for like $100 a gram back in America. Yeah. Or I don't know what the price was in the 80s, but I'm sure it was a lot. Yeah. Yeah. So they want to fucking cut out the middleman, right? They want to get smuggling directly into America. Of course. Yeah. Okay. So that's what they do. They set up these networks. Uh, a big guy with that is this man called Carlos Later, 
was sort of the ringleader of the smuggling networks. We'll talk about him later. He was a he was of German descent and like an avowed Hitler supporter who wanted to create <laughs> a new Reich in South America. <laughs> All right. Okay. Yeah. Okay. An interesting cool guy. guy. Yeah, sounds like a chill guy. <laughs> yeah. Huh. <laughs> uh. But the Cubans weren't fully out. The Cubans now had the advantage of there's hundreds of thousands or millions of them. I don't know. There's tons of them living in Miami at this point, right? Uh, according to one person, the Cubans outnumbered the Medellin people 20 to 1. So the Colombians were still basically forced to sell to the Cubans once it got to America. But they could sell it at a much higher price because they'd already you know, taking the risk of smuggling it all the way in. And they were selling to, like, lower-level street dealers at this point, not, like, another cartel. hmm Yeah. Okay. So the CIA is still all over the shit. Yeah. Yeah. With their grubby little fingers. Of course. They're still handling local distribution. Okay, they're not. Mm-hmm. And uh, they still, they're still maybe connected in with some other stuff, too, that we'll get to. Like, perhaps the MAS Death Squad, oh, which we shit. could talk about. Oh, shit. <laughs> so the Medellin cartel uh, started using this money they made from cocaine to uh, found this death squad known as uh, MAS, which is a... Uh, I forget what the Spanish word is, but it's death to kidnappers is what it means. Okay. So the reason it's called that is because one of the cartel bosses, Fabio Ochoa, his daughter was kidnapped. And they created this squad to get her back. And then after they got her back, which involved them killing a bunch of leftist revolutionaries, <laughs> they went on to stage dozens of assassinations against journalists, labor leaders, human rights activists, lawyers, professors, and citizens with connections to left-wing movements. Wow. Yeah. Wow. So, you know, like the CIA's hit list, basically. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, another Jesus. interesting thing about that is... um. Their leader was allowed to travel to and from America, like, over the border without a problem, even though he was wanted by the DEA at the time. Hmm. Sort of sort of strange, yeah, you know? Maybe he had some higher-level connections. It's a lot of power. Yeah. A lot of power over there. Mm-hmm. In 1983, the Colombian Attorney General identified 59 members of the military who were in the MAS death squads. Wow. And then the military blocked trials and investigations. Basically, and said it was an insult to their honor. Oh. Yeah. Well, that's just convenient. Yeah. It's pretty crazy. It's an insult to their honor. How dare you? Mm hmm. Wow. Okay, that's fucked. Yeah. Uh, fuck. Sort of losing my train of thought here. But yeah, no, he, this guy, he was doing his thing, you know? And outside of Colombia, the cartel was doing their thing, too. So, he was the Contras. That's something yeah. most people know about, right? Yeah, it's a pretty famous one. The Iran-Contra scandal is uh, pretty famous in American history. But, yeah. like, I mean, they basically talk about how the CIA was using the Contras as a middleman to sell weapons to Iran. Which right. is, like, the least bad part of that story. Yeah, yeah. Do you want to... <laughs> Yeah. Go into a bit of detail. Yeah, yeah, yeah. About that. Yeah, no, I'm, okay. I'm, I'm about to. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. So fucking, the whole Iran Contra scandal is basically that the Medellin cartel was selling cocaine to the Contras, 
And the Contras were using their CIA connections to bring that cocaine to the States, sell it, finance their own fucking movements against this group called the Sandinistas, who were like communists that had taken over Nicaragua at the time. Right? Right. The, that's basically the the other part of Iran-Contra. Okay. Yeah. So... One of the Cubans that uh, that worked for the Colombians, he uh, said on trial in front of Congress that the Medellin cartel had given $10 million to the Contras in the 80s, right? Yeah. Which is sort of weird for them to care at all about something like that, right? Yeah. And he said the payment was actually arranged by a former CIA agent. Carlos Later, the guy I mentioned earlier, that Nazi dude, during his trial, he testified the cartel had donated $10 million to the Contras as well, well like a decade later. Except huh. he claimed that he'd set up the donation and not the CIA, which is uh, interesting, but I mean, yeah. once we get a little bit more into this, it seems like this guy some fishy. is likely CIA as some well. fishy, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, just some Nazi dude. So, yeah, he was one of the first traffickers to set up, like, these routes from Colombia, right? And he used this island, actually, called uh, Norman's Cay, which is in the Bahamas. So this island, Norman's Cay, was also the staging ground for the Bay of Pigs invasion used by Watergate plumber Frank Sturgis. <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah. What? Mm-hmm. Also on this island, he would frequently be visited by a man named Robert Vesco, right? So Vesco was an American multimillionaire who illegally donated millions of dollars to the Nixon campaign and was mm. on the run for that, as well as narcotics trafficking. Oh, fuck. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> and then eventually the White House like shut down the investigation into him, and he was allowed to go back to America. Wow. This so uh, Vesco guy. He's a big dog. Yeah, but he was friends with later. Apparently they would like fucking hang out on the island and like shoot guns together, and like what a lot heck? of people have testified to that. Wow. Yeah, so there's a few uh, few weird Nixon connections yeah, with are, this guy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, this is <laughs> this is getting interesting. Yeah, no, there is quite a lot of stuff going on here. Wow. Mm-hmm. So, so now we're sort of getting into the 80s, right? Yeah, it's, this, is, this, is, this is the deep era. Yeah, this is the peak, right? Yeah, this is... <laughs> There's a lot going on. And we're seeing the fucking, the leader of trafficking It's basically got a million connections already. Yeah, this is literally, this is the guy. Yeah, this is fucking insane. Uh, But basically, by the 80s, the Medellin cartel was becoming like fucking a demon to the public, right? Like Pablo Escobar was like fucking, everybody knew who he was and everybody wanted him gone. People, the crack epidemic, the crap, uh, the crack epidemic. <laughs> was, like, fully going. America was fucking... Shit was bad, right? Yeah. It was, People wanted fucking blood for all the shit that was happening. That's, like, when they... That's when they created stuff like the DEA and all that, right? Yeah. So, basically, because of political pressure from America, um, Colombia allowed extradition to America of cartel members. So, instead of... Uh, it's the previous... So, previously in Colombia... When they arrested, like, a cartel boss or something, that guy would very easily be able to just, like, bribe his way out of it. Like, right. there was no real justice because, like, the government is, like, highly corrupt. Yeah. So allowing extradition to America would mean that they could put these guys in American prisons and, like, ensure that they were, like, actually in prison. 
as opposed to like it's saying on paper that they're in prison, but really they're free, which is what was happening a lot in Colombia. Okay. Yeah. It's actually happening with Pablo Escobar. He was supposed to be in jail at the time, but he was still yeah. just doing everything. <laughs> just out and about. Yeah. Oh, nice. Okay. So at, the, at this time, when everybody's freaking out about fucking how bad the cartels are, this guy Carlos Later, with all these weird connections, who uh, I mentioned earlier, talked about how he was a neo-Nazi, right? And he wanted to fucking set up a new fucking Reich. Wanted to be the Fuhrer of a new Reich in South America. Yeah. He has swastika tattoo. He's got big dreams. <laughs> yeah. Ambitious so guy. He goes on TV and he declares himself a communist revolutionary. Whoa. Yeah. Whoa, whoa. And he said he's whoa. partnered up with M19, which is the group that uh, had kidnapped that uh, girl and led to the creation of MAS. Okay. And that he's using his cocaine fortune to fight Colombia and America. Wow. Yeah. Wow. For communism. Wow, there's something going on Complete here. 180. Yeah. <laughs> so it's interesting this guy does that right while everybody in the world is looking at the cartels, right? Yeah, what the fuck? It's also interesting that the White House then goes on to uncritically be like, this is completely true. Despite DEA investigations saying they can't find any connections between him and anybody related to M19. Wow. Yeah. Okay. So they sort of... Uh, this is... They tried to blame the communists. And then six months later, Iran-Contra broke. <laughs> and it turned out it was the exact opposite. Wow. Yeah. Sort of an interesting little factoid there. You know, there's a, there's a lot going on here. Mm-hmm. Holy shit. So it seems like, oh, this guy later wasn't actually connected. He he wasn't lying that the Medellin cartel had been selling cocaine to the Sandinistas and M19 and other groups like that. Because, like, like I said before, the Medellin cartel was not, like, under American control, right? It was purely capitalistic in the sense they were trying to make the most money possible. So they were trying to sell to as many people as they can, right? Right. And that's okay. a big fucking problem for America. Yeah. You can't have that. Yeah. So they militarily invade Colombia. I don't know if people know this. I didn't know that. Yeah. 1989. Ameri- they invaded Colombia yeah. in 89. They invaded Colombia. Wow. And like went to war with the cartels. What? Yeah. In 1989, Bogota, Colombia had the biggest CIA office in the world in it. Really? Had over 100 agents stationed there. Really? Yeah. No kidding. Yeah. What the fuck? They, like, fucking cracked down on these people as soon as they found out about this shit. This was the end of the Medellin cartel. Like, like no... Yeah. No runaway cocaine operations. Yeah. The whole point of this cocaine operation yeah. is to fund anti-communists. Yeah. And you guys are selling it to the fucking communists. You guys are, you guys are yeah. funding the ops. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. So, uh, two years later, Pablo Escobar was shot in the head and killed in his house. Wow. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> yeah, I didn't actually know. Mm-hmm. I don't know much about his death. Like, Yeah, I mean, so I don't was, know. So he was killed by the CIA? He was killed by the Colombian police. Okay. They said he was running away, and they shot him, hmm. which is like, I don't know. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Interesting. Maybe not the right move to you, do. Yeah. 
But also, what are you going to do when you, like, can't send a guy to prison, right? Like, I, I could understand that maybe they had good motivations for murdering him, but, you know, maybe they were murdering him on orders. Who knows? Yeah. Yeah. Maybe they just wanted to be the the man who shot Pablo. <laughs> like, he was a very bad guy. Yeah, it was like, yeah. hey, you get a lot of clout if you killed Pablo. No, he funded, like, thousands of yeah. murders, right? Like, yeah, he yeah. was he was a fucking big deal. Yeah, no, he was a... He's a CIA partner. He had to yeah. be terrible. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <coughs> All right. So fucking Pablo dies. Very shortly, the Cali cartel takes over. Cali is another city in uh, Colombia. Uh, the Cali cartel is connected to this guy who is a, uh, his name is a uh, Juan, what's his name? Juan Bastileros. Juan Mata Bastileros, right? Okay. Okay. So the Kelly Cartel starts trafficking their cocaine into Mexico. And then Mexico is trafficking the cocaine into fucking America. As they had previously set up with this Bastileros guy in the 70s, They'd, they'd set up heroin networks with this guy and started trafficking heroin for him, right? And now they're expanding those markets into cocaine. Okay. Mm-hmm. <sighs> Fuck. So he, so he expanded his market into cocaine. Yeah, so for four years, the Cali cartel is supplying Mexico. Okay. And then it's made public that the Cali cartel leaders had given $3 million to the president of Colombia. And they're all arrested, like, overnight, basically. Oh, really? Yeah. So that fucking opens up a brand new opportunity for Mexico, where this guy, Miguel Angel Felix Gallardo, who had just united all of the cartels in Mexico under him, under the banner of the Guadalajara cartel, he is now in a position where he can control cocaine and all cocaine and heroin flow into America, right? Wow, that's a lot of power. Yeah. So another fun fact about this guy... He enlisted the help of the Mexican intelligence agency, the DFS, to uh, help him create this cartel, and they helped traffic as well. The DFS was created by the CIA <laughs> in the forty-seven. They all directly th- reported and shared all intelligence with the CIA. Felix Gallardo had DFS identification on him when he was arrested, <laughs> saying he was an agent of the DFS. Wow. Yeah. It all comes back. Interesting. So this guy was probably an intelligent asset, intelligence asset. Yeah. And he's now been put in a position by these t- this guy Bastiaros, who has connections or Baestro. Yeah, I'm saying his name wrong. It's Baestros. Fuck it, some Spanish fucker. Juan, yeah, Juan Mata. But anyway, this guy <laughs> fucking. This guy set him up with this guy, Alberto Cecilia Falcone, right? So Alberto Cecilia Falcone was a cocaine producer following who he had originally supplied the Cali cartel and then just started directly supplying Mexico. Right. And he was also a heroin trafficker. So his whole story is really weird. In 1972 as a 29 year old, he is suddenly just in charge of all heroin trafficking routes in the Americas. At 29 years old. Yeah. Revenues estimated to be hundreds of millions. Wow. Yeah. This, that's a, yeah, this that's... also coincides with the takeover of the heroin trade. 
by uh, Shen Kai-shek and Yoshio Kodama, who both have American intelligence connections themselves. Hmm. We've talked about them before, but I would love to do a more in-depth episode on that, too. Yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> this is the exact same time. So it's interesting, you know? Yeah, it's all intersecting. Yeah, he's just sort of happens to be there to set up something that would be beneficial for the CIA right when they need him to be. Yeah, just, yeah. Yeah, and then he also was arrested. And guess what he said? He said he's a CIA agent. <laughs> <laughs> he said he was trained in Fort Jackson. Uh, if people don't know, Fort Jackson is also where Watergate plumbers were trained. <laughs> Another Watergate connection. Hmm. Yeah. Interesting. So fucking, he says he's a CIA agent, and he has a deal worked out with the CIA that he's allowed to smuggle heroin, and they'll ignore it as long as he supplies weapons to the uh, to Central American terrorist organizations, right? Which okay. is a pretty similar deal to what they had worked out with the Contras yeah. and the Iranians, right? Yeah. You know, it's kind of maybe maybe might be true. Who knows? Uh, Allegedly, hmm. yeah. Allegedly. Well, it's also interesting he knew where the Watergate plumbers were. Well, he didn't know where they were trained. He just also happened to be trained there. Yeah, so, that's yeah. a weird connection. It's a very weird connection. Huh. So the purpose of financing this terrorism, he claimed, is that uh, basically American the American government would be able to better negotiate with these countries and be like, oh, we'll come in and protect you so long as you accept these certain terms, right? usually have to do with like trade and stuff like the policy of america especially at that time period was very much like setting up this current global trade network we have now right where basically america is the center of it and okay. like that didn't yeah. really exist back then in the same way it does now no no yeah okay um, so yeah, they're, they're setting everything like this is some 4D chess. This is definitely some 4D chess. Like, this is shit. this is big games going on. Yeah, he also has connections to a weapon manufacturing firm Parabellum, which is interesting. Mm. So Parabellum was uh, actually it was founded by anti-Castro Cubans, and it was also the supplier of an uh, illegal ex-OSS arms dealer by the name of Mitch Warbell III. Who was also an associate of Robert Vesco, that guy we mentioned earlier that Nixon sort of stamped down on the investigation of. Mm. Same yeah. names keep popping back up. Yeah, no. We just keep seeing the Funny. same guys. Funny. It's almost like there's an exclusive club that we're not a part of. <laughs> we could sort of see like this shadowy outline of what's going on, but we don't yeah. know the exact details, you know? Mm hmm. Hmm. So that kind of brings us up to like the current state of cartels, you know? Mexican cartels have changed since the 90s, but the status quo is the same where Mexican cartels are sort of the middlemen that smuggle, drug, smuggle drugs across the border from other places. Right, right. I mean, they're smuggling heroin from Afghanistan now instead of fucking Asia, but it's basically the same thing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah, I just kind of wanted to go through the history of, like, the cartels and just kind of... This is sort of, I guess, part one... Of like ver of many many parts. Yeah, like this is yeah this is setting up <laughs> just the whole drug saga. But this is sort of uh, this is a a brief overview of the history of cocaine trafficking specifically in Central America and yeah South America. 
there's wow. a whole lot of other fucking deep state connections oh, yeah. to other drug trafficking yeah. organizations. I mean, there's stuff we kind of skipped over here that I could have gotten into, like the whole Corsican mafia being taken out. and There's a lot of stuff going on. Hey, part two. Yeah, for well, sure. That was, I mean. I'll have sources in the, the description. Does your back hurt? Because you're carrying the fuck out of this episode. <laughs> <laughs> Just on my shit, bro. No, that was great. Yeah. That was that was awesome, man. Mm-hmm. The first was... episode where we actually try. Just to have it all laid out and see how all the different dots connect. like. Yeah. It's Yeah, it's pretty mind-blowing. You know, this was like one yeah. of the first conspiracies for me where I was like, damn, there's like... There's some like undeniable conspiracy theories with like huge amounts of evidence. Yeah, this is all Yeah. Yeah, this is verifiable facts. Yeah, we got the mm-hmm. references here. It's like Epstein level shit. Yeah, this yeah. is all you can read a, go read about it. <laughs> yeah, a ton of this is on Wikipedia. Yeah, this is all this isn't you don't have to dig that hard for this either. Half some of, of this you got to dig harder you do? for. Some of these guys names you google and nothing even comes up. Okay, that's fair, yeah. They <laughs> but, do cover this shit up too, yeah. yeah. It is covered up, but, like... But there's a lot of this shit that is, like, literally just on Wikipedia. <laughs> like, you can read about there. Pablo Escobar's CIA connections on his Wikipedia page. Of course, yeah. yeah. It's pretty mind-blowing. For sure. Wow. Mm-hmm. Well. All right. What do you say? How, what, <laughs> that was, like, <laughs> half an hour, at least. Yeah, it was. We're that was 58 a good, minutes now. That was a good segment. <laughs> mm-hmm. I hope that uh, hope you guys enjoyed that. Yeah, you fucking killed that. You're gonna get one of these episodes every four months where we actually prepare. One good. Now I gotta pull my weight next episode. <laughs> yeah, bro. Tell me about the fucking bloodlines and shit. I gotta. Yeah, I gotta do some research. Honestly. Yeah. I'm not as good at fucking spewing out facts and knowledge the way you are. But yeah, I am but, just uh, severely autistic. <laughs> No, you're just smart. <laughs> Same thing. I'm just, I'm just a chimp. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> you're one of those Joe Rogan Fetterman types. Yeah, I'm. I'm more. <laughs> I have a little more than two percent Neanderthal DNA. Yeah. Or whatever. I think I have like five or something. Oh really? Yeah. <laughs> I don't. Yeah, I actually don't know if I. I don't all white people. I say, think Europeans. Yeah. Basically everybody except Africans and Aboriginal Australians. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, I probably got about half as much as Fetterman. Yeah. But but slightly more than Joe Rogan. Fetterman's like 45% yeah. Neanderthal. Yeah. He's like, he's Cro-Magnon. <laughs> he really is. <laughs> like he would have blended in perfectly 20,000 years yeah. ago. <laughs> you see that brow line? That brow ridge? Yeah. That's That's something. If I, for any reason, if I ever have to change the picture for this, because like Hunter Biden sues us or something, <laughs> it's going to be Fetterman. Fetterman yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I need the Fetterman brow prosthetic. Absolutely, bro. 